Welcome to the Sunny Hill Podcast. This message was recorded at our Ferndown campus. For more information about service times and locations, please visit sunnyhill.church. And so we're starting a new series today called Type A Faith. And if you, obviously, I'm sure you're aware of what a Type A personality is. It's a kind of a go-getter, somebody who doesn't just sit back, but yeah, they are. Um, they take the bull by the horns. They are active rather than passive. And this is the kind of faith that we want to have. As Jesus followers, we want to have Type A faith. We want an active faith and not a, a, a passive faith. A faith that is evidenced by action. Right? We want that. Yeah, we do. Feel free to uh, feedback if you want. We want that? Yeah. Yeah, great. So James, there's a book in the Bible called James, and I love the book of James, and I love its content, but I really love it because James was the brother of Jesus. And I think if there's any um, uh, kind of evidence that Jesus was the Son of God, the fact that his brother accepted that, and not only accepted it, he, he led the church in Jerusalem for a while, and he was willing to give his life for the fact and declaring that his brother, Jesus, was the Son of God, that he died and rose again. I think if my brother said that, I think I'd have a hard time believing that, right? But James, his brother, believed it and not only believed it, was willing to die for it. He said this in James 2, 14 to 18. I forgot to get my clicker out. Um, oh, have you got it? Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Finn. You can go to sleep now then. (laughs) He says this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And then he goes on, I will show you my faith by my deeds, by my action, by the the, the things that I do, you'll be able to see faith in me. So faith in what? What faith is he talking about? Well, he's talking about faith in God. Faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Faith that Jesus came to earth, lived as a man, and died in our place to save us from our sins. He was our sacrifice. Faith that he was resurrected. And faith that our relationship with the Father is now repaired and possible because of that. Okay, that's what we have faith in. And that faith should lead to action. So in this series, Type A Faith, we are exploring different aspects of faith. It just, it's a four-week series. And um, I'm kicking off today with uh, what I've called the accent of faith. And we've also got the attitude of faith, the atmosphere of faith, and the application of faith over the next three weeks as well. Um, so if, you're, if you've got your Bibles with you and you want to turn to a passage right now, we're going to be looking at Hebrews 11. So you feel free to turn to that. And, uh, we're going to get to that a little bit later. I was reading a study this week uh, about the effect of accents, the way you talk, on your job prospects. And 8 out of 10 employers admitted that um, uh, they discriminate against certain accents. And again, there was another study, uh, there was in a similar article, that took three different uh, UK accents or regional accents and paired them with different faces and then got thousands of people to look at these faces whilst listening to these three different accents to decide which was the most intelligent. Okay, so they had um, uh, received pronunciation, you know, a kind of Queen's English, the accent that we hear on the, on the BBC News, yeah, that RP. There was the Yorkshire accent, Yorkshire accent, and then there was the Brummie accent, okay, and then they also did some faces that were 
silent, so no accent at all. And they had to rank them in order of intelligence. And not surprisingly, RP, received pronunciation, the Queen's English came top of, you know, that, that the person's obviously very intelligent. The next one down was Yorkshire accent. The next one down was silence. <laughs> and then Brummy came at the bottom. So these people decided, I'm laughing, because this is the accent I grew up with. These people decided, no, they, they were saying the same words, they were saying the exact same thing, but the people in, who were taking part in the test thought that the people who didn't say anything sounded more intelligent than people <laughs> with a Brummy accent. Okay, now this is the accent that I had right up until I was uh, kind of left home and got rid of it quickly. You see, um, those of you who know me know that when I get tired or cross, my accent starts to come out again. <laughs> Do y'all think I sound thick? <laughs> uh, when I moved down to London to go to university, I lived with my, my aunt and uncle, and they were the posh side of the family. And they thought my accent was hilarious. And we'd sit around the dinner table and I'd say, would you pass me the pepper? And they would just all fall about laughing. They would just laugh at everything I said. And so I tried my best quite quickly to lose my accent. But then when I went back home to the Midlands for holidays, they would all go, oh, Arca Tim. You think you're better than us now, do you? No, you don't talk like us anymore. I couldn't win. I was there, I was kind of derided for either having an accent or not having an accent. So, uh, now, I don't really have much of an accent at all, I don't think. I'll gradually pick up the Dorset. I quite like the Dorset accent. It's quite friendly, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, and then there's obviously, we all listen to, to watch films from Hollywood all the time, and so the American accent is, is there quite a lot. And I think probably the, the Brummie equivalent of an American regional accent is, is the Deep South. You know, Mississippi, Alabama, Forrest Gump... Mars said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, It's the kind of, the accent that sounds, sorry, if anybody's listening from the Deep South, I'm really sorry. Um, and we all know that worship songs have to be sung in an Australian accent, because that's mostly where they come from, from Hillsong. Um, and then there's the Scottish accent. So, sorry, Dave, I know you don't have a Scottish accent, but which I don't mind admitting, it intimidates me a little bit. And it probably... Uh, due to the fact that when I was younger, I, I played in a, in a band, actually with Lee, our drummer. Can we have a round of applause for the band today? Weren't they amazing? So good. So great to worship with these guys. But I used to play in a, in a rock and roll band with Lee and, and a couple of others. And we used to go around the working men's clubs around the Midlands. And they were rough, rough places. And I, and I was 15. I was a naive, young, black country boy. And I was playing the keyboard. And I think it was our second ever gig in this kind of dark place uh, and we, we were playing and I was obviously a bit nervous and this old guy came up onto the stage in front of me and he said play some Roddy <laughs> I'm sorry a what play some Roddy I'm sorry what play some Roddy no I'm going I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying. I'm really sorry, I don't understand you. I think he probably had one or two too many milkshakes. And, and then he said, play some Rod Stewart. Oh, God. Oh, actually, we don't do any Rod Stewart. Uh, we're kind of more Beatles, Elvis, Buddy Holly, that kind of... Play some Roddy. Uh, okay, now the only Rod Stewart song I knew was We Are Sailing. So I'm like, 
Guys, can we play We Are Sailing in F? And I didn't even know that song really. So it's, it's singing, I think the lead singer, his name was Terry, he just made up words. We are sailing, we are sailing, we are dancing, we are, da- we are falling, we are falling. And he just went on. And the guy was just, oh yeah, he was lost in a, a world of bliss. I think I made a friend for life that day. But you know, it's, it's intimidating. And we know that accents, to a degree, they define us a little bit. And the way we talk has a, has, a, has a bit of an impact on our lives. Let me explain what I mean. I was thinking about this word accent, and actually what it means is just emphasis. So in music, there is a symbol that's like a, a greater than symbol that we call an accent. And it just means you play that with a little bit more emphasis. You emphasize that note. And in, in accents, in dialects, in, in, in languages, certain words or the beginning of the word or the end of the word has a certain emphasis or the middle of the word or certain letters. And that's why we get different Accents. That's why they're called accents, because of where the emphasis falls in different places. And today I want to focus on the accent of faith. Talking with an accent of faith, rather than an accent of fear. If we are people of faith, then the way we talk, the emphasis of our words, should be filled with faith. Should be filled with faith. All right, faith then. What is faith? Well, this is what it isn't. Faith I think this is important. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what faith is. is. Faith is not some kind of magic power that gets us to get God to do what he doesn't want to do. He's not in heaven going, oh, bother. I wasn't going to give Joe the lottery numbers, but now he's gone and got himself more faith. I'm going to have to do it. Okay? That's not how faith operates. It's not a magic formula. It's not some secret um, uh, recipe that means we will never face trouble all right I've got so much faith that I'm never gonna I'm never gonna face any problems in this life because I've got faith okay that's not how it works it's not even determination it's not if I try really 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 hard then that's my faith getting more and more that's not what faith is Uh, now the writer of Hebrews at the beginning of uh, chapter 11 says this faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see and in another translation, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is not just hoping. It's not even just really, really hoping. It's beyond that. It's substance. It's, it's confidence. It's, it's based on actual, factual evidence. The, faith, the word faith uh, in Greek is this word I have to be very careful how I say that. Uh, but it actually just means uh, persuaded, to be persuaded, okay, or persuasion, to be persuaded about something. And when we're talking about faith, there's, there's evidence that persuades us that what we believe is right, or what we believe is going to, going to happen, because there's evidence. So where does this persuasion or this confidence come from? What is this evidence that this writer is talking about Evidence of things not seen. Where did Jesus get his faith? I think it only really comes from uh, developing our relationship with the Father. And the more we develop our relationship with God, the more we put our time into that, then the greater our faith will be. We know Jesus took himself off alone to spend time with the Father all night. You know, and before he went and did ministry, before he had to use that faith, he had to build it in time with God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word 
of God. That word, their word, is, is rhema word. It's a word for now. It's a now. It's a now. It's a word that speaks into my situation, and uh, and changes me in that moment that I believe it. Faith comes by hearing. So at its essence, faith grows. As our faith grows, our confidence grows. Uh, and I think there are three things that are important for us to do in order for our faith to grow. And this is it. We need to grow in our understanding of who God is. So we develop a relationship with God and we get a better understanding of who he is. He's in control. Okay? We also need to get a, a better or grow in our understanding of who we are in relation to who he is. Okay, who does God see when he looks at us? Not who does your mate see or who does your parents see. Who does God see when he looks at us? What has he given us? What's our identity in him? And the third thing is we need to grow in our understanding of his purposes for us. When we understand the, that he has got a purpose for us, that he's got a plan laid out for our lives, and it's a good, good plan, then our faith grows. When we grasp these three things, it changes us. When we start to fully grasp who he is, who we are, and who he is calling and equipping us to be, it changes us. Our faith grows in us. And trust me, God does want us to grasp these things. We're told that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So as our faith grows, we can know that actually, God's getting more and more pleased with us. Because without it, he's not pleased. Having an accent of faith changes us and changes our circumstances. If you think about the, the two thieves on the cross, the one on one side made this statement. Um, he said, aren't you the Messiah? Then save yourself and save us. An accent of, of scorn, of unbelief, of hopelessness. And then the second, the second thief on the other side says, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. An accent of faith. And I, he said, and Jesus says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. In that single moment, he didn't have long left in this world, but his destiny was changed in that one moment because of his accent of faith that, that led to his declaration. Accent of faith. The 12 spies who were sent into the promised land we know that they came back describing all the horror, you know, the difficulties, all the barriers uh, for them to, 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 to enter the land. You know, there were giants there. They were, they were like giants. We were like ants to them. We were, we were so small. And t- 10 of them said, we can't do it. An accent of unbelief, of hopelessness, of despair. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, yeah, yeah, that's all true. They were giants. Ha, but with God, we can surely take this land. They have an accent of faith. Now, who was right? They were all right. All of them were right. Ten of them didn't enter the land. And two of them did enter the land. We need an accent of faith. I'm so blessed to have grown up in a home that was filled with the accent of faith. And I honour my mom and dad for that. They lived their life totally by faith, with an accent of faith. There was, you know, we had lots of people living with us uh, at any given time, you know, 12, 13, 14 people living and sleeping at our home. And, and I don't remember many meals going by without mom praying over it that it would stretch to feed us. We weren't that well off that the meal would stretch. You did, didn't you? Most days it was, you know, and, and so we grew up in this environment where actually faith was just a natural part of living, believing that God had this and trusting God to provide what we needed. 
And I love how the writer of Hebrews writes about faith. Um, I'm sure you will know this, but Hebrews is a book in the New Testament. And um, at that time, the early church, it was made up of mostly kind of converts from Judaism, people who, have, who were, you know, they followed the Torah, they followed the Old Covenant, and then they heard about Jesus, and they decided to, they, they said that he was the Messiah, and they were going to follow him. And because of that, they were persecuted on all sides. They were persecuted and ostracized by their Jewish neighbors and family and friends for, for following the way, as it was called, for following Jesus, for accepting Jesus as, as their Messiah. They were also persecuted and tortured and killed by the Romans for for their belief and you know they needed great faith to continue but there were some of them who were thinking about going back back to the old way of doing things back to the old covenant because it was so so hard we think we have it hard guys they had it so hard and so the writer of Hebrews the whole of Hebrews is really a book uh, someone wrote or it's actually more like a sermon to say come on guys don't give up. You've already made this decision. Have faith that you can continue this. Have faith. Continue in this walk. And he, and he implores them not to go back to the old ways, to keep their faith. He reminds them of the futility of the old ways and tells them, you know, Jesus, Jesus is better than the prophets. And he talked about Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than Abraham, better than Melchizedek, better than the Old Testament sacrifices, better than the Old Covenant, better than the tabernacle, better than the priesthood. Jesus is better in every way. Don't give up on this now, guys. You need to keep the faith. And it gets to chapter 11, and he lists all these great, what we, what we call the heroes of faith. And all these people who were heroes of the, of the Jewish uh, tradition. And he reminds them about these amazing people. People from Jewish history who were literally heroes of faith. And he describes each of these people preceding each description with the words, by faith. So he says, by faith. Abraham, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Moses, by faith Gideon, and Samson and Rahab. And he lists all these amazing people saying, by faith, they made their decisions and lived their life by faith. Everything they good they did was by faith. And they lived their life with an accent of faith, making all their choices with an emphasis on their trust in God. So what does having an accent of faith look like for us? Uh, now in this day and age well like any good preacher I've got three points an accent of faith does not mean an absence of fear an accent of faith does not mean an absence of fear we're going to face things in life that are difficult Uh, in this world Jesus told his disciples you will have trouble you will have trouble but take heart for I have overcome the world you're going to have trouble you may be facing yourself a tough situation illness You may be facing relation difficulties in your families. You may be facing trouble at work or in your businesses. And having faith doesn't mean you're never going to be afraid. I remember when one of our children was in hospital undergoing one of his kind of heart operate heart open heart surgeries and he was in an operation that was due to take two to three hours. And the people at Guy's Hospital were amazing. And Fru and I went for a walk around London just aimlessly just walking waiting for the phone call that it was all finished and two hours came and went and three hours came and went and four hours came and went and five hours came and went and we still hadn't heard did I have faith I did I did we can tell you all about that period in our life means so much to us because it it 
showed us that our faith was real. But was I afraid for my boy? My 18-month-old boy in hospital? Of course I was. Having faith doesn't mean you don't have fear. In the Heroes of Faith chapter, the writer talking about Moses uh, says this, uh, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. That makes me laugh, the fact that they say he was no ordinary child. Every parent thinks their child is no ordinary child, don't they? They all think, oh, my, my baby is special and beautiful. He's no ordinary child. When the truth is they're all ordinary and ugly. <laughs> except mine. Except mine. No, I'm kidding. Mine were ugly too. Can you imagine thinking that your newborn baby was ordinary? So welcome back to work. Uh, how, how did it all go? You've now had your baby. Um, what's he like? Mm, yeah. Pretty ordinary, really. <laughs> I'd show you a photo, but it just looks like all the other babies, you see. That's not how it works. You don't ask somebody who's got a newborn baby to show you a photo because you're there for hours scrolling through gigabytes of photographs, aren't they? We all think our, our kids are, are, are no ordinary child. And it says they were not afraid of the king's edict. What was the king's edict? Well, the, the pharaoh said that all the baby boys should be killed. Were they afraid? Yes. I know it says they were not afraid, but they, they were. It's a, what, I think what it means is they didn't act by fear they didn't have an accent of fear of course they were afraid that's why they hid him because they were afraid of what Pharaoh was going to do and then it goes on by faith Moses left Egypt not fearing the king's anger he persevered because he saw him who is invisible now that's interesting that he wasn't fearing the king's anger because in Exodus the actual story itself says uh, um, we know that Moses had seen a, uh, an Egyptian beating on a, on a, on a uh, slave, on a Hebrew slave, one of his own people. And so he kills the Egyptian and buries him in the sand. And then the next day he sees two uh, Jewish guys fighting and he says, you know, stop, why, why are you fighting each other? And they say this, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought what I did must have become known. Of course he was afraid. Pharaoh was about to kill him. He was about to kill him, so he had to, he had to go away. But God revealed himself to Moses. And it wasn't his fear, that, that it wasn't his accent of fear that led his life. It was his accent of faith. As God revealed himself to Moses, Moses' faith grew and grew. He understood who God was. He understood who he was. And he understood his purpose to go back to Pharaoh and get his people released. That's what having an accent of faith looks like. You feel the fear but you don't let it stop you. You feel afraid, but you do it anyway. Because you feel afraid of something doesn't mean that you don't have faith. You can feel the fear and you can still trust God and step out. I have to say, the biggest steps of faith that we have taken have probably been, had the biggest fear attached to them because you're stepping out. That's okay. Point number two, an accent of faith accepts the facts, but believes the truth. I know that seems like the same thing, but it's not. Faith doesn't mean that we have to leave our brains at the door. Okay, I know that I've met a number of Christians who, who it seems that they think it does. That faith and logic or faith and reality don't mix. And you know, their, their eyes are streaming and their nose is running and their throat is sore. Think, I don't have a cold. In faith, I don't have a cold. Actually, that's not what faith does. You don't need to do that. That's not faith. You can state the facts 
But be aware that God's truth is bigger than the facts you're facing. Just lying about the facts doesn't mean you've got faith. Our baby, Eliza, a few months ago, started to do this thing. When she was getting told off for something, she would avert her eyes in the other direction. She would just not look at you. Because if she wasn't looking at you, then you weren't there and you weren't telling her off. And I think we get all a little bit hyper-spiritual sometimes to think that we have to deny the facts in order to be faithful, and we don't. Again, in the book of Genesis, God tells Abraham that he's going to be the father of, of many nations. And after 15 years, he still has not had a child. And both he and his wife are actually no longer able to have a child. And I love how Paul writes about this in the book of Romans. He says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's room was also yet dead yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded there's that word again that God had power to do what he had promised Abraham faced the fact but he wasn't weakened in his faith he had strong faith even though he faced the fact Faith doesn't ignore the situation. It looks at the problem and sees beyond it. And we need to face the fact but believe the truth. Mary, she's told she's going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit and it's going to be the saviour of the world. What does she say? How will this be since I am a virgin? That's the facts. This is impossible. But then she goes on. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. I face the fact but believe the truth. Most of you know that I am deaf I don't hear that well and when I when he was younger my son JJ went through a period of praying for my hearing it felt like every day he would pray for me all the time to get healed and he would come up to me and say dad can I pray for you again and I'd go, yeah pray for me again and I remember someone it was an adult I think probably back in our previous church came up to him and said that the reason I wasn't getting healed was because he didn't have enough faith how stupid is that how stupid is that do you know how much faith you need to keep praying for something when all the facts tell you something different? You need mighty faith to do that. And you've just got to read through these heroes of faith to know that it was hardly ever about a single moment where God did something miraculous. You know, they wanted something, God did it in a moment. It was huge and it was big and it was instant. It was always about obedience to God over time. Not seeing instant results, but carrying on anyway. You might have looked at Abraham and Sarah and thought, oh, he doesn't have enough faith. That's why he's been waiting. God told him 10 years ago that he was going to have a baby, but he still doesn't have one. It's 10 years have passed now. He obviously doesn't have enough faith. Moses, he doesn't have enough faith because Pharaoh hasn't let his people go yet. He needs to get more faith. Noah, have you heard about Noah? He's been building this flipping boat now for 100 years. 100 years he's been building this boat, telling us it's going to rain. He doesn't have enough faith. He needs to have more faith for rain, that Noah. 100 years! We've marched around Jericho three times now. Four times, five, six times. And not one brick, not one inch of cement has fallen from that wall. We need faith. Let's do it again. Let's do it again in faith. Let's keep going. Joshua obviously didn't have enough faith. That's not how faith works. Sometimes, yes, it's great. We do see instant results. We have a God who can do that. But often our faith is built in those times where we pray and we keep praying and we push in and we push and we keep going and we persevere because we are persuaded about who God is, who he's made us 
and the plans he's got for us. Number three, an accent of faith acknowledges the present but sees the future. Tells us again in Hebrews, for Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And he also says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So an accent of faith, it looks to the future. Okay, We live in the present. We accept the facts of the present reality, but we look to the future. We also remember the past. That builds our faith. We remember what, he, what he's done because that inspires us. We see what God did before and it reminds us of what he's going to do again in the future. So we look to the past to inspire us. We live in the present and we accept the facts, but our eyes are firmly fixed on the future, on what we believe he's going to do. I love that song. Walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come, knowing the battle's won, but you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I've seen you move, you move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. We've seen him do it before. And we believe he'll do it again. At our staff meeting this week, Richard, our, the operations pastor of Sunny Hill, reminded, us, reminded me of, a, of a, that clip in Forrest Gump. It's right at the beginning when three, guy, three boys on their bikes, they're bullies really, and they want to bully Forrest Gump. And they come, they throw stones at him. And he's there with his friend Jenny, and his, his legs are strapped in these big, big metal frames. And he starts to try and run away. And Jenny says, run, Forrest. Run, Forrest, run. You remember it? Run, Forrest, run. And he gets faster and faster. And gradually, the frame just disintegrates around him as he runs. And he gets faster and soon leaves those guys on their bikes far behind. And then the, the voiceover, which is, is Forrest Gump as an adult, says this. From that day on, if I was going somewhere, I was running. <laughs> and at times you can feel like there's things holding us back. Trouble's getting closer and closer. And we look at our present reality, the facts. And whether it's our bank balance or our job situation or family breakups or the responsibility of parenthood, we get overwhelmed and it's hard to keep the faith. And that's why the writer ends this passage with the reason he's been reminding us about these heroes of faith. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith don't stop 
keep going, run, run. If we're going somewhere in our faith, let's run. Let's run. Having an accident of faith means we live in the present. We keep one eye on the future. We keep one eye on the past, past, what God has done. But we keep both eyes fixed on Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who who started us off and he's the one who's going to bring it to its full conclusion. So an accident of faith, it's not an absence of fear. We magnify God rather than our difficult circumstances. An accident of faith accepts the fact but believes the truth. Facts are real, but God's truth is more real. And we acknowledge the present, but we see the future. We fix our eyes on Jesus and the purposes he's calling us into. I'm done, but I think I want to give us an opportunity to, to respond this morning. To, to maybe say, yeah, I want to grow in faith. My accent hasn't always been an accent of faith. I haven't always used words that, that acknowledge that my trust in God. Maybe my accent's been one of fear. Maybe I've had an accent of unbelief. Maybe my accent's been one of not trusting God fully. Maybe it's been an accent of self-sufficiency, relying on what I can do instead of fixing my eyes on Jesus. Maybe my accent's been one of hopelessness. We don't need to have that. That's why we've got this in our word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We can build our faith. Let's make a commitment to grow our relationship with God, to get a deeper understanding of who he is of who, he, who he's made us and the purposes he's got for us. If you want to make a commitment to that path this morning, that direction, why don't you stand and we're just going to pray together. Father God, we know that faith is actually a gift from you. And this morning... We're standing here with arms open, ready to receive that gift, ready to take what you've got for us. We want to get somewhere. We want to be moving in the right direction. And we want to run. We want to run with endurance. Lord, we do face difficult times sometimes and difficult circumstances. And I'm sorry for the time that I haven't lived my life trusting in you. I haven't lived my life with the accent of faith. But today I commit to be on this path and to not just be on this path, God, but to run, to run towards you, to run towards your plan for me, to run towards your purposes for me. In your name we pray. Amen.